This is the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. See something, say something. Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. A podcast where we discuss crime prevention, awareness, our community involvement, those who are wanted, and unsolved crimes. My name is Shalinda Kirby, and I'll be your host. Buying and selling illegal tobacco is a crime in Canada and a significant money-making enterprise for organized crime. It's estimated the government of Canada loses about $1 billion in tax revenue every year due to illegal cigarette sales, while provinces lose millions in revenue. The smuggling and sale of illegal cigarettes are not only a tax loss to the citizens of Manitoba, but also pose an increased health and fire hazard. Illegal cigarettes are not regulated. Many contain harmful ingredients and may lack the self-extinguishing features of legal brands. Our guest on the episode today is going to be able to answer a lot of questions on illegal tobacco. And let's just say it's because the job of a cop is never over, even once they retire. My name is Ron Bell. I'm a retired law enforcement officer with the city of Winnipeg. I spent 30 years as a policeman here in Winnipeg. I then went to work for the province of Manitoba, where I worked as the manager of the special investigation unit, taxation. The focus of that unit is we investigate illegal tobacco and retail sales tax investigations for the province. I spent 10 years with the province and that allowed me to gain the expertise that I have now when it comes to illegal tobacco, contraband tobacco, and the presence of organized crime in the selling of that commodity. Uh, I retired in April from the province and I moved over to the private sector. And I presently work for Rothman, Benson Hedges as a consultant specializing in illicit trade prevention. In the industry, that's a term that you'll hear when they refer to illegal contraband tobacco. The all-encompassing word is just it's illicit trade uh, because we deal with counterfeit products. We deal with copyright infringements of RBH's products. We deal with the illegal uh, tobacco presence in Canada. And we assist law enforcement and compliance units by giving them, sharing our expertise, providing training presentations. We work with Canada Border Services when it comes to the illegal importation of tobacco manufacturing equipment. And we provide intelligence that we receive in regards to people involved in illegal tobacco. We'll we'll forward it to the appropriate agency or compliance unit and we'll assist them any way we can. What is contraband tobacco and is there a difference between contraband tobacco and illegal tobacco? There's no, I wish there was a simple answer to that. It's a matter of what certain enforcement units use as their buzzword. That's the best way to put it. Because there's legal tobacco that can become contraband tobacco when it enters a marketplace that it's not licensed for. Uh, there's specific brands that are legally manufactured for sale within specified communities in Ontario. But that product should not be available outside of Ontario at all because they're not licensed for sale outside of Ontario. It's not legal. And that same product, though, should not be 
sold or made available to the general public. Here in Manitoba, where do the illegal cigarettes come from? The center of manufacturing is Ontario and Quebec. Quebec, not as much anymore because they, uh, going back 20 years ago, they formed a dedicated unit of law enforcement officers province-wide just to combat contraband tobacco. And that reduced their contraband market share immensely. It also shut down the majority of the illegal manufacturing facility. So the, the bulk of it comes from Six Nations in Ontario, unfortunately. And let's be clear, clear. one of the big points that I always like to, to leave, illegal tobacco is not a First Nations problem. And I think uh, uh, people are just quick to blame it on that. It's not a First Nations community problem. It's an organized crime problem. And they take advantage of First Nations communities' locations to set up their manufacturing and their distrib distribution centers, knowing that they can fly under the radar of local law enforcement because of the way the structures of enforcement are in place. And sometimes they can, it's legal if they keep it within their community, but it's illegal when it leaves. So for Manitoba, uh, you and I could jump in a van or we could rent a truck. We could drive to these communities and we could purchase a hundred cases of illegal tobacco. And one case of illegal tobacco contains 50 cartons of cigarettes. Each carton contains 200 cigarettes. So if you put it in perspective, we could go there, we could spend anywhere from 450 to $650 for a case of cigarettes. Uh, and when we get it to Manitoba, we can turn around and sell that case of cigarettes to somebody else for $1,500. So think we've already more than doubled our money, you and I, Shalinda. And then whoever bought that case, they're going to break it down and they will sell those cartons of cigarettes for 60 to $80 a carton. When in Manitoba, a legal carton of cigarettes is about $135, $145, depending on the brand. But that person that bought that case from us, they will also be able to double their money when they sell those cartons of cigarettes. It's, it's you know, the, the old uh, Avon sales pyramid. Uh, there's all sorts of historically products where that's the whole sales pitch everybody's going to double their money with cigarettes so it's a very real profit you're going to double your money so for manitoba we get people individuals that bring it in in their personal vehicles whether it's one or two cases or they rent a u-haul trailer uh, or a horse trailer and they bring it in and they got a couple of hundred cases in the back and it's quite common to see the people involved in illegal tobacco, they load it onto pallets, they shrink wrap those, uh, it'll be 30 cases roughly to a pallet, they shrink wrap it so nobody can see what the product is, they mislabel it, and they drive to a legitimate trucking company, and they say, here is a pallet of running shoes, or a pallet of uh, automotive parts, I want you to ship them to uh, Winnipeg, ABC Company Limited, and somebody will pick them up. And, you know, there's how many trucks do we see every day in our city? We are a central hub for land transport. Uh, for, I think, it's, I'm going to say $600 a pallet. You can send 30 cartons to Winnipeg. The trucking company, like, it's illegal, and they know it's illegal to ship 
illegal tobacco. But they, there's a trust factor based with your customer. He comes in and says it's automotive parts. You don't have the right to open up those boxes and make sure you can't ship fireworks and gasoline and gunpowder. And there's a whole list of things that you can't knowingly ship. But as long as the person declares it as painting rags, running shoes, automotive parts, we've seen it all. Ends up in Winnipeg, the guy goes, he, usually they'll hire some guy that doesn't even know what he's getting involved in. They pay him a couple of hundred bucks to go to the local trucking warehouse to pick up the pallet just to make sure that there's no law enforcement waiting for them. Then they grab that pallet. As fast as they unwrap it, those 30 cases of cigarettes are gone. They disappear onto the streets of Winnipeg. And that's at a small level. We never see anybody do 30 cases. If you arrest somebody with 30 cases, that's probably his third or fourth time that he's done this. Uh, one of the more recent ones that happened just a couple of weeks ago in Winnipeg was three pallets. So 90 cases of cigarettes. And that's happening every day. So I got to ask, Ron, as somebody who works in the media and reads the news daily, there have been some very high profile busts over the past three, four years, specifically, it seems in the Brandon area. Now, I'm always curious on how police are able to catch the vehicles that are transporting these illegal cigarettes. Sometimes it'll be an anonymous tip. It'll be a revenge tip. It'll be a financial motivating for the reason. Crime Stoppers features tobacco. You know, across Canada, different crime. Ontario, once a year, they take aside a week or a month and they kind of feature tobacco. Winnipeg has done that before. And it generates interest where people will, they'll do it for their own reasons. They think it's wrong. They know it's illegal. They don't think it's right. Uh, they do it because their kids are having access to, underage kids are having access to illegal tobacco. It could be jealousy. It could be domestic related. It could be revenge. Uh, a lot of times they just want the reward. That's one way that investigating units get the information. But another common one is just the training of the officers. For instance, in Brandon, which you mentioned a couple of, a couple of years ago, an officer who was familiar with what illegal tobacco was pulled over, a, stopped a vehicle with Ontario license plates heading back to Ontario. The guy was nervous. Things didn't sound right. He didn't have answers to the uh, to legitimate questions. But the officer noticed the illegal cigarettes in the car. Uh, ended up arresting the driver for illegal cigarettes, did a little bit more investigating, and he ended up seizing $2.2 million cash that was hidden in the vehicle. So it's the same thing when you get these large seizures of tobacco. The financial benefit is so great. In my experience, I've seen a lot of repeat offenders. They get arrested once. They think, okay, they're not going to come looking at me again, and they just step right back into it. They already have that pipeline or that trap line established full of customers the financial reward is so great they get arrested and they just go right back to work without well without them realizing a lot of times uh, law enforcement will follow up and, and have a peek at them in a couple of months and see what they're up to and you do surveillance and maybe their name will come up on a wiretap on another investigation because when you look at the organized crime angle that's how a lot of the large uh, tobacco seizures uh, occur it, it wasn't that they entered into a tobacco investigation they were investigating organized crime uh, for guns and drugs, and tobacco was part of it. It's just another commodity. How can you tell the difference between legal cigarettes and illegal cigarettes? It's not always 100% true, but the easiest way is if the package is colorful, 99% of the time it's going to be illegal. Because we have plain packaging laws in Canada, but the manufacturers of illegal cigarettes, a lot of them don't want to 
spend the money or change their manufacturing line. They continue to make packages that are red and blue. You know, you've got your your putters, your DK, illegal DKs. DKs can be legal uh, only in Ontario, only on First Nation communities. Uh, but you get the Canadians, you get the menthol cigarettes. That's the other big one. Flavored tobacco is illegal in Canada, but there's people that really like menthol. So they will go to the black market to get the product they want. So if it's a colorful package, red, blue, green, has emblems on it, it's got logos, it's probably 99% illegal. And the reason I say 99, if you and I just came back from uh, Mexico for a week, remember when we go through duty-free, we're allowed to buy that one carton of cigarettes, they may be a colorful package because it's an American brand of cigarette that we're buying. They're not going to be the Canadian one. The odd time you're going to find that, but any legally, properly manufactured cigarette that's available to the general public would be in plain packaging. With the price of legal cigarettes being at an all-time high nowadays, do you think that it's contributing to the increase in illegal tobacco and cigarettes being circulated? There's a happy. There has to be a happy balance, and I don't know what the perfect number would be. The price point of an, of a, of an item versus the ease of acquisition. If illegal tobacco was very hard to acquire, People that smoke would have to just accept the fact you're going to pay $18, $17, $20 for a pack of cigarettes. They they would just have to accept that. But when the price point gets the higher, at least from my experience, the higher the price, the harder somebody will work in getting the cheaper version when it comes to tobacco. It's a vice. You see it in, in Winnipeg, you could go into a store uh, not a and not like a Shell or a Petrocan or a 7-Eleven. The brand name chains, they do not fall, they, they never fall on your lap being involved in illegal cigarettes. They, they play by the, the rules, they know what they are, and they stick to them. But it's the smaller independent stores, uh, the one-offs, the, the local mom-and-pa store in your, your little community where they have, to, they have to work extra hard to make every little dollar count. So... A guy shows up one day with a case of cigarettes and gives them the sales pitch on, if you buy cigarettes from me, they're illegal, but you can sell them for $10 a pack and you're going to make $5 profit per pack. And these people start doing that. And what we find occurs is they become dependent on that illegal money. They can't, it's hard to turn off the tap. If you suddenly are making four times the profit on tobacco that you made when you played by the rules, it's hard for them to go back to playing by the rules unless they get caught. But the problem with those locations is there's no rules. They'll sell to anybody. They don't care. They don't ask for ID. Um, so here it is. We're trying to get the next generation to not smoke cigarettes. They can't. Uh, the, the local stores around some of the schools will get complaints from the school. We'll get a complaint from the teacher saying, like, I know the kids are going to the store and they'll name the store the younger 15 16 year olds that want to pretend they're cool by smoking they can walk in there and, and buy a pack of cigarettes for anywhere from seven to ten dollars ten dollars is on the high side in winnipeg they used to always be ten now they're about seven for some of the cigarettes but a young kid could afford seven he can't afford 18 so now you you know the kid's 16 he's experimenting with smoking the only reason he's experimenting is he's able to buy them because they're illegal and nobody cares Nobody asks them for ID. 
then that becomes a problem. So you have a whole other generation of smokers that are starting that should, should have been prevented from going down that road. And you have the financial hardship that occurs to the, the governments because right now, it's not the industry's numbers that come up with it. These are the governments themselves and the studies that they've done. Ernst & Young did a study and they right now say about $2 billion a year across Canada is being lost to illegal tobacco. That's revenue that the provinces would have Two billion. I was going to ask you, Ron, what is the effect that contraband tobacco has on the tax revenue loss for Manitoba in particular? The Manitoba government, they, I don't know what their figures would be, but in the past, I mean, it was, it was, it was accepted. Everybody was losing for Manitoba. I don't know what their numbers would be now, but if you, and it all depends on how the formula you want to use. And, it, and the way to look at it is there's a national average which is accepted on how many canadians smoke um and then they for manitoba i don't know the numbers in front of me i think it's about 12 to 14 percent of the population supposedly smokes and they they have their formula they say okay the average smoker smokes so many cigarettes a day which would equal this amount of cigarettes in a year taking that extrapolate the numbers they come up with a projected revenue that they would get from taxing cigarettes and every province and territory in Canada is falling well below that in Manitoba I'm going to take a guesstimate and I'm going to say 20 to 30 million dollars a year potentially in lost revenue to tobacco take Ontario's own numbers from an outside uh, Ontario did a really in-depth study on it a few years ago. They were $750 million in provincial tax alone, Ontario, because the population is so much larger, of course. So they're at $750 million. You go into the Manitoba, Ontario area, the Kenora District, you're going to see well over 30% of all cigarettes consumed are illegal cigarettes. In some areas, it'll be as much high as 50%. So it shows you how that can hurt the uh, the small businessman because we, the way the stores and I've met with some of the convenience store associations and uh, I never realized it like they will you come in and you buy a pack of cigarettes while you're there you're gonna buy your lottery ticket you know I'm thirsty I'm gonna get a Gatorade oh I'm a little I got the munchies I'm gonna get a bag of chips I'm gonna get a loaf of bread a quart of milk you come in for cigarettes but you you leave spending other money and, and this is where the convenience store associations are, are are struggling because their sales have dropped so much. Yeah, their tobacco sales have dropped, but that has affected their sales in general. They're not selling as much of anything because the customers aren't coming through the door. And that's where the losses occur. Like you could say, there's always an accident at the, at the corner of where I live. We put in streetlights, accidents uh, drop 70%. There's only like three in a year now instead of one a month. Uh, with tobacco, there's no easy fix. It's got to be more than one party at the table, but everybody with the same objective, which is what can we do together collaboratively that would assist the small businesses so that they can stay open and they can pay their bills. What can we do that will help government recoup the loss of revenue? Uh, what can we do to help law enforcement in stopping this illegal tobacco? Health Canada. Communities in general, uh, they all have to be, they all have to buy in and recognize that it's not just 
the tobacco company, they're not just out to protect their revenue. Everybody in the industry knows that tobacco, it's naturally decreasing. It's not as, you know, we all know what, uh, when you look at the numbers of smokers from the 60s to the 70s to where we are now, it has dropped 50%. And that's the goal. That's what everybody wants. But it's hard to make those objectives realistic when you can still go to the corner store or the parking lot at a bingo hall at night and you can buy all this illegal tobacco so cheap. Or I can go into certain communities where they don't ask for ID and they don't care whether you're from the community or not, and they're willing to sell you a case of illegal cigarettes. Okay, well, what can we do as a community here in Winnipeg, here in Manitoba as a whole, to help assist police with cracking down on illegal and contraband tobacco? A big part of my role is the training and educating of law enforcement and uh, compliance units. That's why I'm off to Prince George tomorrow, a meeting with two different groups of uh, officers up north to give them a presentation on illegal tobacco. Because it's not something that's taught when you go through the police academy or you go through depot. Illegal tobacco, it's, a, it's an acquired knowledge that comes with experience. So one is the education part, and that's what we do. And we do it for nothing. That's just my role. That's what I'm here for, is to do what we're doing now, uh, share the knowledge, get people educated, let them realize the organized crime angle. It may not be sexy. It's not drugs and guns, but... If, you, if you're familiar with illegal tobacco, you can use that as the nexus to get on to the next thing that you really want to go after. So that's part of it. The other thing is uh, Crime Stoppers in Winnipeg uh, was one of the first ones that I know of, and Ontario is the other one, where they made a point of featuring illegal tobacco. And in the Crime Stopper ads and posters, they showed what's legal and what's illegal. If it's colorful, it's illegal. Featuring the ads, and and I think one, a couple of years ago, you actually had that special kind of like double the amount, the tip amount. Because what we'll do, what the tobacco industry will do for crime stoppers all across Canada, we'll we'll match the money that gets given out. Like we we donate money to different crime stoppers organizations across Canada. We don't want people to think that crime stoppers is can do something better with their tip money. We think that everybody wins that we can educate and we can help pay our own way. I think it's a win. But I think what Winnipeg does where they feature tobacco, they've, they've done a little video, they put it on the posters. Uh, that, that's a big push forward versus what it was 10 years ago, where nobody even thought anything about tobacco. I'll tell you, I'll share a really good story with you. Because um, I know you're a news junkie. You've shared that with me. So if you think back, and I'm just going to dig it up for the date. Remember when the eight people unfortunately died, they're being smuggled into Canada? Out, out, uh, out east, they actually have publicized the name of the smuggler, like the media, because he's still outstanding. They have not found him. So Casey Oaks uh, is the alleged smuggler of those people that died. Well, Casey Oaks, he's been convicted in the past for smuggling across the border, tobacco, guns, and drugs. And he's done time for that. So the organized crime, they don't whether it's people, guns, drugs, tobacco, it doesn't matter. It's just a commodity that you're going to get paid for. It's like you're a truck driver and you uh, a courier. You, you drive around, you deliver packages all day. It doesn't matter what the package is or if it's uh, a five-pound package or a 50-pound package. You know the route. You know where those addresses are. You know, that's your job. Your job is to deliver things. So these smugglers that bring the tobacco, for them, it's just a commodity. They make the money. 
you know, and unfortunately, eight people died. Uh, just in the last couple of years, we've had two organized, we've had two individuals that were arrested for tobacco that have been murdered after they were arrested because of the connection to organized crime. People think tobacco, they never think of it that way. All they think about is I'm saving myself 10 bucks because I can buy tobacco from Joe down the road. I don't care where it came from, but I can afford to keep smoking. So I, uh, they don't think about the, the organized crime factor. Anyone who has information on contraband tobacco can submit tips to the Manitoba Finance Special Investigations Unit or to Crime Stoppers. Toll free at 1-800-222-TIPS. That's 1-800-222-8477. Or send an anonymous tip online on our website, winnipegcrimestoppers.com. Thanks for listening. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow. Crime Stoppers is an anonymous way to provide police with information about a crime or potential crime that you have knowledge of. You never have to reveal your identity and the best part, if your tip leads to an arrest, we will pay you a cash reward. Until next time, my name is Shalinda Kirby and remember, see something, say something.